This is most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent His own Son into our world to die for your sins. And we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. The account from the end of Matthew chapter 9 and into chapter 10 is the basis for Pastor Strong's sermon this evening. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send workers into his harvest field. And Jesus called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions, Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans yet. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel as you go proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. A little girl was missing. She was only nine years old. And it had been over 24 hours since she had last been seen riding her bicycle around the community. The night before had been cold, and she didn't have a jacket on. She suffered from severe asthma and didn't have that all-important inhaler with her. Her parents were terrified. They didn't know what happened to her. Was she lost? Was she hurt? Had someone taken her? They pleaded for help. Those pleas were heard. The local police made it their number one priority with all hands on deck, and the community came out in droves to help support this family. Why? Because they had compassion. Their hearts went out to those desperate parents and to that lost little girl. They just wanted to help. And so many people brought forth supplies, food, and water to help all the volunteers. And a lot of people volunteered to be sent out to go and to look all around the community and the area surrounding it to try to find this little girl. You've heard this story before. I don't have a particular instance in mind as I share this with you, but you know how this goes, don't you? And, and you realize the emotion and the actions and the feelings that all go along with that. When someone's missing, you want to help. Your heart goes out to the people who are affected. You just want that lost person to be brought back, to be found, to be safe. 
Jesus felt very much the same way in tonight's gospel. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Why? Because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. I can just picture all these, these people, these big crowds coming before Jesus, wanting to hear him teach, to have him heal their sick. And, and in this account, I just imagine Jesus stepping back and looking at all these people, this big crowd in front of him, and his heart just going out to them. He was filled with compassion. He looked at these people and he just wanted to help them, every single one. And this was a help that went far beyond just treating their physical ailments. Yeah, he he healed their sicknesses and diseases. But as he looked at this crowd, he saw a problem even deeper. He saw hearts that were lost. He saw that people were spiritually harassed and helpless. There were some in that crowd, I'm sure, who were completely ignorant about God. Didn't know him and probably could have cared less. And for the religious who were in that crowd, their spiritual leaders, their pastors, they were abandoning them. They were burdening them. They were putting all these demands on the people. This is the way you have to worship. This is the way you're supposed to live your life. And they offered them no comfort or help when they started to fail. And these spiritual leaders were abandoning them by not leading them to God, but instead directing people to look at themselves as if they were good enough to come into a perfect relationship with God all on their own. Man, that crowd was lost. In fact, Jesus compared that crowd to a bunch of sheep without a shepherd. Does that make sense to you? I know we're a bunch of city slickers. I don't know of any of you raising sheep, but just think about this, right? Sheep are actually somewhat intelligent, but they have a bunch of natural tendencies that get them in trouble. For instance, they like to band together and they will follow the crowd even if it leads them into danger. Sheep like to wander. Sheep often find themselves getting into a spot that they can't get out of all on their own. And sheep are very susceptible to attacks from predators and even thieves. So you get the idea and and understand why sheep need to have a shepherd. They need someone to lead them and guide them and guard and protect them. But do you see any of your own relationship with God in the way that sheep sometimes act? We are often like those sheep. You're all intelligent people, but each and every one of you have a natural tendency called a sinful nature in you that causes you to sin. And often we do follow the crowds and the crowd mentality even when it leads us away from our faith in God. And there are too many moments in our lives where we find ourselves wandering in our relationship with the Lord. And we are susceptible to the attacks of Satan, his temptations, and the the false and misleading teachings of this world. And let's be honest, too many times we find ourselves getting into situations and problems in life that we don't know how to fix or get out of all on our own. We are a bunch of sheep who are lost without a shepherd. We need a good shepherd. 
that good shepherd Jesus still looks down from heaven at the crowds of this earth, at you and me. He sees us. And, and what does Jesus see? He sees a lost and broken world. He sees the lingering fears from a pandemic. He sees the racial tension, and the hatred, and the ways we mistreat one another. He sees the hurt and the pain and disease and sickness and the worries and the concerns. He sees people who are tempted by the ways of this world and who find themselves lost. People who are spiritually harassed and helpless, far deeper than just the things we see out here, but a a problem with our very souls because we are like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus looks and he sees people who are too far and too much concerned with our own problems and with the problems we see in the world rather than looking at the deeper issue of our own hearts. And he sees people like us who are too often ignorant about sin and often could care less. And he sees people who are often burdened by our shortcomings and our sin. And we see, he sees people who are trying really hard to live good lives and are failing And he sees people who are searching for truth in this life and are left empty. And he sees people who give in to the temptations of this world and people who listen to Satan who says that God doesn't care and people who wander too often down a path that leads to eternal destruction. That's what Jesus sees. But notice that Jesus sees these things. The Lord still looks upon you and sees you and all of your problems and all of your shortcomings and he still looks on you with compassion. And that Lord who is looking upon you is the risen, living, and ascended Savior Jesus Christ. And he shows compassion on you because that is the very heart of God. A God who loves you and longs for you and and searches you out. A God who does not say, fend for yourselves and figure it all out on your own and make it right. But a God who says, let me send you a savior, a sacrifice who will make it all right for you. And God sends us his son, Jesus. And Jesus, in his compassion, went to the cross with his holy, perfect life and paid the price for every one of your sins and shortcomings. So that in Christ, you are freely and fully forgiven. And you can be at peace with God that your soul finds healing. And Jesus, in his compassion, not just saves you and gives you life, but in that same compassion, wants you to know this message of truth. And so he sends out those who share that good news with you. As Jesus looks at the world, he sees that, yes, it is broken and it's lost. He sees a world that is of people who are lost in sin, but he sees a world that is a harvest ready to be and ripe to be gathered in. A harvest that can only be gathered, that can only be healed through the sharing of the good news of Jesus. So what does Jesus tell us to do? He says this to us today. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send workers into his harvest field. Think about gardening with me for just a moment. In a few months, at the end of the summer and beginning of fall, if you've planted a garden, your fruits and your vegetables are going to be ripe and ready to be picked. 
But someone has to go into the garden, right? And gather in those, those fruits and vegetables. Because if not, all that produce is going to spoil and decay or wither and die. The world around you is filled with people who are lost sinners. And the only way to heal them is with the saving message of Jesus Christ. Someone has to go and to share that good news of Jesus so that those souls can be saved and not wither up and die eternally. And so what does Jesus say? He says, pray. Pray for workers to be sent out into the field, into the harvest. That means that, first of all, we have to have hearts of compassion like Jesus. Hearts that look beyond ourselves and look at a world around us and see that there are hurting people lost in their sins in our own families and among our own friends and around us in our neighborhoods. And then to pray for them. Pray that God would send someone to share the good news with them. Pray that God would give those lost sinners an opportunity to hear the saving message of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, prayer is the easiest, most, the easiest, the cheapest, and the most effective evangelism tool that is out there. And, and quite honestly, so often we just push it off to the side and say, well, there's got to be a better tool than just prayer, right? But think about it. It's so easy that any one of you can do it. It's so, it's so cost or cheap, it costs you nothing but a, a minute or two of your day. And it's so effective because God has promised to not just hear but answer your prayers. And that's exactly what we see Jesus doing in the gospel. He encouraged the disciples to pray for workers to go in the harvest field. And what does Jesus do next? He chooses 12 of his disciples and he sends them out. And he says, you, go into the harvest field. Go to the lost sheep of Israel and proclaim the good news. He said to them, go and proclaim the message that the kingdom of heaven has come near. In other words, go and tell people that God has been faithful, that he has kept his promise to send a Savior that will rescue you from your sins. So turn away from your sin and turn to Jesus and have life. And the disciples went out and they brought in the harvest with that gospel. You know, Jesus still answers that prayer today as he still in his compassion sends out workers into the harvest field. A great example of that took place just a few weeks ago in May when in just our own little church body, the Wisconsin Synod, over 180 new pastors and teachers were assigned into different ministries in churches and schools throughout our nation and into the world. God answers that prayer when new churches and Christian ministries are started in places where the gospel needs to be shared. And we get to participate that here, in that here at Grace with our second site ministry in the third ward. God answers that prayer when a church that needs a pastor is blessed with the gift of a pastor and, and we here at Grace are still searching for our fourth pastor. Pray that God send us another to work with us. And those faithful called workers, those faithful servants of God, lead us as sheep to the cool and refreshing waters of God's word. And in that gospel message, they remind us of just how good and gracious God is, his free and full forgiveness for you. They encourage us to live God-pleasing lives. They strengthen and support us in our times of need and in our moments of weakness. 
Thank God for his gift of pastors and teachers who are faithful to his word. And pray that God would send even more workers into his field. That maybe even some of our own young men and women of this congregation would be the next servants of the Lord in his church. And as you pray, asking God to send workers into the harvest field, please keep in mind that God's answer might be you. Now maybe you're thinking, well, what do you mean me? I, I can't be a worker in God's field. Well, keep in mind who God chose as his 12 disciples. Most of those guys were fishermen. Nothing special. It just shows that God can use any believer, you, to work in his field, to share Jesus with someone else. You, as sheep who were once lost but now have been found and now grazed in the green pastures of life and faith in Jesus Christ, can share that, that comfort and that peace with others in your life. You can alleviate someone else's suffering as you help them in their time of need and show the love of God. You can share your faith in the way you act and interact with other people. You can show the very love and compassion of Jesus to a world that, let's be honest, desperately needs to see it. And you can even win over enemies with the very kindness and forgiveness that the Lord God shares with you. Be that answer to share the good news and to seek the lost, whether it's among your own family or friends or community. Jesus still sends you out with compassion. You've heard this story. Someone's missing. But this time it is far more dire than just being missing for a few hours or weeks or even months. It's the potential of being lost for eternity. There are lost sinners all around you, and you know them. Jesus, in his compassion, went to the cross for their sins too, just like for yours. And Jesus, in his compassion, sends out those who can share the only thing that can rescue them, the good news of Christ and his forgiveness. The harvest is rich and it is plentiful. I pray that we as a community of believers can share our resources to not only seek the lost as a church, but that we can be the answer to the prayer to send workers out into the field. Pray that God send people to search out the lost of this world and be ready to be that answer too. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.